Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen O'Sullivan and I am the host of this show. And together with a wide range of legendary leaders and experts in the field of leadership of self and others, we are going to explore concepts and ideas that show you how you can move past potential fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage you to becoming a legendary leader yourself with far more natural impact, influence and inspiration. We want you to be you, to be at your best and to show up in the most authentic way. So are you ready for it? Well, welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. I hope you are really well. You are enjoying this festive season for those of you celebrating Christmas. You are all ready for the big day. Um, for those of you who have enjoyed Hanukkah, for example, I hope you had some fantastic celebrations. And we are heading into the new year very, very soon as well. And it makes me, this time of the year always makes me very reflective. I'm thinking about how this year has been, how I have been, how I was feeling, what was going on for me. And um, one of the key themes that keeps popping up is what were the topics, the patterns that I have been noticing? And there's a reason why I have been talking so much about directness in communication, because it was one of those key topics that emerged in particular in my work. And my work with so many different individuals and groups of people across the globe, the big question that has always been asked is, how can I share a message without stepping on somebody's toe? The other big question was, um, how can you be so open and honest without hurting anybody? A really valid and important question. And see, what is going to happen if I don't have this conversation? And it has to be a serious conversation, perhaps. What am I avoiding? What are the emotions that this will trigger? What will I not be able to let go of? These are some of the key questions that came up. Instantly, they also came up for me from time to time when I was thinking about which conversations do I need to have and how am I going to have them? And that leads me to the last part of this overall session around direct communication. The big topic is communicating as your unapologetic self. And in the last few solo episodes, I've given you an overview of a, some a simple techniques that will help you identify how you can communicate more directly, why it is so important to do that. But also why it is so important to understand yourself very well, to understand your strengths in particular, and have the confidence to show up as your unapologetic self that communicates very, very clearly. And if one thing is needed in this world, then it's open and honest, empathetic communication. And that's why today's topic is balancing directness and empathy, because they go hand in hand. They are not two separate streams. No, they belong together. And I keep coming back to the theory of Kim Scott around the radical candor. And at its core of her methodology is that you genuinely care. Yeah, You care about the other person. You care about them succeeding. Whatever succeeding, i.e. success means to them. You do care. 
And care requires empathy. We are able to put ourselves into other people's shoes. If we are not there yet, we ask curious questions. We want to understand. We listen to understand fully. And the other part of radical candor, I repeat it as well, is challenge directly. You call the matters out right away that need to be called out. We are not tapping around the topic, feeling uncomfortable, wrapping everything nicely up into a little gift, a little parcel that in the end hides the truth that needs to be shared. So just as a quick reminder, I think the methodology around radical candor is really, really useful. The word radical is often misinterpreted and misunderstood in different cultures and different languages. In uh, my native language, for sure, people often say it sounds too radical, it sounds too harsh. In our language, German in this case, is already harsh. Yes, if you need to find a synonym for this word, feel free to use another one. It's more about how we show up and how we have these conversations. So balancing directness and empathy, I say it again, is the key theme of today's very brief solo episode. And I want to highlight that empathy isn't just a buzzword. You hear it frequently all over the place in social media, in talks, but it isn't a buzzword. It's an essential professional and personal trait from my perspective that enables us to connect as human beings. What would happen if we were not to react right away? but to step back, to be, perhaps to think, and to try to understand. Nothing else, just try to understand and be curious. There is a significant importance of empathy in communication. But first of all, I want to highlight that we can't confuse sympathy with empathy, and that sometimes happens. Yeah, maybe sympathy as a word isn't being used, but the way people describe empathy to me sounds more like sympathy. Sympathy is simply feeling sorry for someone. Oh, I really feel sorry for you. I'm so sorry this happened to you. And it's very valid to say that from time to time and to feel with people, literally. Yeah, but it is seeing someone else's situation and wanting to understand. Okay, empathy, however is the ability to sense other people's emotions coupled with the ability to imagine what someone else might be thinking or feeling. So you hear there are quite a few assumptions in that definition already, right? So therefore, it's important that we step into a dialogue and we we really want to clarify those assumptions more. So empathy is using your own experiences, emotions, and perspectives to visualize and personalize someone else's experience. It's imagining a situation from their perspective instead of limiting it to your own. And I might often say, and actually I spoke um, to one of the guests in a podcast episode about it, it might well be the case that you say, I can't even put myself into your shoes because I'm not you, but I really want to understand more. And sometimes that even feels hard that we say that. We are vulnerable. We don't know. We share that we don't know. But also we don't know what's coming, do we? What this person is going to say? What will hit us? Can we deal with it? And all of these insecurities may get in the way of actually stepping into the source of empathy. We often hear that there are three truths. What I think happened, what you think happened, and what actually happened. 
With that empathy, we are stuck with a one-dimensional perspective. We limit ourselves from truly connecting with and understanding those around us. An empathetic leader empowers productivity. They put people first. That includes themselves, by the way. Yeah, Knowing that in doing so, they inspire individuals to show up as their best selves. Yeah, they see the people around them. They want to hear from them. They want to get to know them. They want to understand what triggers them. And I say it again, leadership starts with us. We need to do the same exercise with ourselves. In fact, research actually shows that employees with empathetic leaders are more engaged and innovative at work. Evidence also shows empathy relieves burnout in women in the workplace. It allows us as leaders to respect our employees as people, human beings, hopefully promoting inclusion, retention, and life balance as well, whatever, again, that means to different people. I would like to introduce here a few techniques that may be useful for you. You don't have to choose between directness and empathy. I said it right at the beginning already. They balance each other beautifully. Honesty is amplified by understanding. Empathy becomes leadership when balanced with authenticity. I say it again. Honesty is amplified by understanding. And empathy becomes leadership when balanced with authenticity, when you are your real self. So let's break down strategies for balancing directness and empathy. And I appreciate in some situations you might need more of the one than of the other. Yeah, but on average, we balance it out. We never forget about one of them. Yeah, only being empathic uh, might not be helpful in certain situations. We still might need to mirror back what we are seeing, what we are hearing, and challenge that person. And sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Sometimes far more empathy is needed and perhaps less directness, simply being there for the other person. I prepared five techniques for you. Pick and choose as to whether they might all work for you, as to whether you already practice a few of them, as to whether you want to add one or two of the ones I mentioned. And if they all feel fairly new to you, well, feel free to experiment with them and really watch um, what you are noticing, how you're feeling about it. What is it you're observing in the other person you are talking to, perhaps, as well? What's happening after you've had the conversation and applied those techniques and strategies? Yeah. So number one is let others disagree with you. We are not there to win, right? We want to have a dialogue as I keep banging on about. Empathy is understanding that everyone's experiences are unique. Yeah, My way is not necessarily the highway. You and I might not have all the same opinions and perspectives, and that's totally okay. When we are passionate about an idea, it's easy to become defensive when there's a pushback. It's easy to turn the conversation into a campaign to convince the other why they are wrong or why we are right. But instead, try to hear them out. Share your perspective and let them share theirs. And just see what's happening. I would highly recommend that you practice silence as often as possible, staying silent. 
not weirdly silent where you literally then look away and so on, but where you can feel relaxed, where you can lean into your chair and simply be and demonstrate with your nonverbal communication, like eye contact, you know, nodding, and whatever facial expressions might demonstrate that you are there with them, that you listen. But often um, silence and not stepping in right away, not reacting, can also take the heat out of the moment and can help us not to step in right away and to feel that need to be right. The second technique is find common ground. You don't have to agree on everything, but you can connect with anybody on something. Yeah, even if it is one thing, hold true to your beliefs while acknowledging the validity of theirs. Find at least one component you agree with or understand from their perspective and let them know. I've experienced or witnessed a conversation yesterday where different opinions were shared, but I was thinking at some point to myself, I heard some real commonality here in those opinions. And someone in the group actually called it out and said, actually, you're talking about some very similar stuff in different ways and brought them together until they realized, oh, yeah, actually, we are on the same boat. It doesn't have to be like that. It can indeed be just one small element. But sometimes if we listen actively and we really hear what a person says, we may notice we have more in common than we thought. Technique number three, be direct in your message and warm in your greeting and or sign off. Want to be warm and honest? I am really glad that I received this feedback quite a few times. I'm direct. I'm very honest. I can be challenging, but there's a real warmth to me, apparently. I don't think 10 years ago, everybody would have said that about me necessarily. But I'm very proud of that feedback. And I think it is important. Yeah, You have human beings in front of you. They are vulnerable. They have their own insecurities, some more, some less. Why would I want to put them down even further? All right. Give your instructions, state your feedback, share your message directly. But bookend your emails and interactions with warmth. Start by asking perhaps about their day or week. How have you been? How has your week been? Yeah, And by thanking them for their time. This way you can stay warm without disrupting your key message. So that's in particular for written writing. And, and I had to learn that. I was always in my um, uh, written communication incredibly direct. I was diving right into the topic. And for me, it worked. And then I started to work more globally with different cultures. And I realized, oh, it doesn't work that way. I have to change a few things about it. And with some people, it is indeed, hey, how has your week been? How are you doing? How's the family, if I know that they have family? Um, but with others, it's about being more informal, happy Friday, you know, something like that. Enjoy the weekend. In uh, verbal communication, I would not always start with how has your week been and so on, because we also need to respect that there are people who don't want to talk about that, right? Who want to focus more on the professional way of conversation and that's it and and want to work on the job uh, want to focus on the job at hand but what you can do is you can work with your nonverbal expression that's the key so am i demonstrating in my facial expression that i'm tense that i'm angry that i've had enough or can i still have a very neutral look i can have a very open body language i.e my arms lean relaxed on my um, armrests for example and i am able to come across 
fairly chilled out. I say fairly chilled out, right? Because if we have a challenging conversation, where I have to tell somebody that I'm really disappointed perhaps in their um, performance lately and so on. I also have to be very clear, but I can be very clear in my, you know, in my verbal communication. The nonverbal communication can still show I'm open, I'm here, I want to hear from you as well, I have an interest. Your tone of voice makes a huge difference. Are you talking really hectically like this? And your tone is like serious and ah, tense. Or are you talking still calm and composed, yet very clear? Yeah, that can make a huge difference to how you're approaching the conversation and how you are being perceived in this balance between warmth, openness, and directness. Technique number four, prepare them for your tone. If you have something very bold or direct to say, let them know first. I say things like, this might be a bit bold. I know this message, I will share this message quite directly. Yeah. But I rather share it right away than tapping around the issue. Yeah. Or I say, let me be completely honest here. Yeah. Let me call the elephant in the room out. Whatever feels authentic to you. Yeah. What I never do is to say, can I be really honest? Because I want to be perceived as honest consistently. Yeah. I'm always honest. And that's what you can expect from me that I share with you what I really think. Um, so, can I be really honest? Or when I hear, can I be completely honest for a moment? That means, what about the other moments? Are you not honest then? You know? So be uh, mindful uh, with regards to the choice of words here as well. But whatever intro you use, it will help you clarify that your intention is openness, is honesty, and certainly not hostility. And again, yeah, combine it with your nonverbal communication in a way that it comes across far more open, respectful, and clear. And the last technique is learn about your people. Make time for work and connection. I mentioned early on, some people want to share more about themselves as others, and that's absolutely okay. Um, so work with what you've got and what you get. Okay. You may, as a leader, share first. You may want to disclose a little bit more about yourself in order to show to others, okay, it's it's fine to talk about um, uh, topics that go beyond perhaps the project at hand. Yeah. You can mean business and still get to know your team before meetings, during lunches, at work events. I appreciate that in this hybrid world, virtual world, this may feel more challenging, right? Perhaps you have some virtual lunches together um, from time to time. I hope you are able to travel a little bit more and that you are not impacted by uh, lack of resources and budget cuts and all of that, because it is still important to be able to meet from time to time, at least and to come together as a team. But there are certain things you can definitely do virtually as well. I always like to bring up this example that a lot of leaders established during the pandemic that's called the huddle, where um, you may be meeting with your team for 20 minutes in the morning and talk about what's going on, what are challenges, um, what's happening in people's lives. And again, they can volunteer as to whether they want to share a lot or as little as they want to. But it builds a more informal space for connection and works wonders virtually as well. Yeah. 
it's very easy to make quick judgments when we don't know what someone is going through. And that's at the core of this strategy. And the more you know about your team, the better you can understand where they are truly coming from. And most importantly, you can also anticipate how they may be reacting to certain messages that you share. You will never 100% know because you can't look into their heads and hearts, obviously. But you can anticipate, you can preempt perhaps, and therefore you can prepare yourself. Yeah, How would I react if A, B or C were to happen? And perhaps react is actually the wrong word. How would I be? What might I want to say in those moments might be the better questions. Because react is already like this impulsive, immediate reaction. And that's what we are trying to avoid when perhaps conversations sometimes get a little bit more heated. So in summary, let others disagree with you. There is no place for that negative side of ego. Find common ground even if it's one tiny thing. Be direct in your message and warm in your greeting and sign-off and in your non-verbal communication. Prepare them for your tone, for your message. Learn about your people and help them learn about you. As I've just alluded to, there are emotions at play from time to time, in particular when conversations are slightly more heated, when there are disagreements. The question is, how are we going to tame them in the moment? Yeah. How can we access empathy? How can we listen, even in the toughest conversations? Everyone at some point experiences conflict, right? And we experience conflict differently. Perhaps pause your for a moment and think about How have you in the past experienced conflict? What was present? How did you feel about it? How did you go about the conflict perhaps as well? To approach conflict with empathy, we must understand the different emotions at play. And I want you to take a moment and again, think about how you experience workplace conflict. How do you experience workplace conflict? Today's podcast is sponsored by Inner Professional Online Training Programs. With courses geared specifically for legendary leaders, Inner Professional provides an extraordinary catalog of leadership and professional development programs unlike any online training you've experienced before. Hone your conscious and authentic leadership skills with peer group networking communities, direct engagement with life experts, and a wealth of compelling, easy to engage on demand content. Learn more at kathleenmerkel.com slash inner professional. Okay, when you're ready, I have a few more questions prepared for you. What emotions do you typically experience during conflict? How do you manage them? Some might feel a sense of fear and anxiety. We are moving into this fight or flight mode. We want to escape the uh, situation, uh, perhaps even the other person or people. Others might feel anger or resentment. Others feel disheartened, perhaps in shock, don't know what to say. They are retreating. These emotions can become even more complex in the workplace as we are taught to often mask our feelings in professional settings. Feelings don't have a place at work, do they? Yeah, I fully disagree with that statement. Feelings have and emotions have a clear place at work. 
and nobody is able to switch them off. We may be suppressing them, we are bottling them up, and at some point we are wondering why there is a huge implosion or sometimes explosion. Yeah. So the question is, how are we going to manage those emotions? How can we let them out as well? Yeah. It can cause a lot of dissonance, discomfort, creating a painful situation, not just for you, but also for others. So ask and pay attention to how others are feeling and how you are feeling. And when you are there, you're stepping again into a space of awareness, into a space of calm as well, if you take this time for it, and into a space of empathy because you also think about the other person or other people in the conversation. Yeah. That is important. Conflict, by the way, I want to just summarize it, can again mean different things to different people. For me, conflict is often um, something where it is a situation where there are different opinions at play and where I have a certain difficulty to find a resolution, yeah, to solve that problem. That That's what it is for me. Conflict for me is not to have a debate where we disagree, where we listen to other people's opinions. For some people, that's already conflict. Yeah, Conflict for me is also something that's been unsaid, i.e. there is tension in the room. People are not getting on yeah? um, because of their different personalities, because of a previous disagreement about something. And this tension is starting to overpower every communication, um, the way we work together, a collaboration, and that's conflict for me as well. And these are situations where I say, let's get them out of the way as soon as possible. And in particular, in the workplace, it is important that we understand we don't have to be best friends, but we have to work together and collaborate together and respect one another. That is key. Most conflict centers around three main challenges, actually. A, misunderstandings, B, disagreements or differences, and Z, mistakes or unwanted behavior. Yeah, I don't agree with your behavior. I have a different kind of behavior. I feel differently about the situation. If it's a misunderstanding, please seek to clarify and surface all of the available information. It makes sense during conversations to check understanding on a regular basis. Hey, I've just heard A, B, and Z. Did I understand that correctly? Right? I'm not sure if I have fully understood. Could you share that again? Or could you give me an example so that uh, I can understand better? Yeah, there is no harm in asking these questions. It probably will help the other person rethink the way they express themselves as well, or perhaps go deeper into the topic and have some additional realization. If it's a disagreement, seek to understand the information rather than decide who is right or wrong. We want to create a meaningful dialogue, not a battle, fight or war. If it's about a mistake, we must separate the action from the person, right? What has happened, not who's to blame for it. Obviously, we have to talk to the person, but more uh, to understand, okay, so what can we do about it now? Yeah, what information do I need from you in order to help you figure out how we go about it? It's about the situation. And this is really the key to managing emotions in challenging situations. Boundaries. Detach from the situation, subtract your emotions from the equation, and you'll solve the actual problem. Boundaries. 
When you attach your emotions to the conflict, it becomes a personal problem, not just a professional one. This isn't being cold or numb. Instead, it allows you to create a resolution rather than seek blame. That's the key. And I know it's far easier said than done. So perhaps you need someone on your side you can talk to so you can regulate your emotions in this moment. Perhaps you just need a different perspective from somebody who says, actually, it's not that bad. Actually, you may bring some biases, some preconceived ideas into the equation. Yeah, Sometimes just uh, a person holding up the mirror is really valuable. Sometimes it's just about us letting or giving ourselves a little bit of time, going for a quick walk, getting some fresh air, sleeping the famous night on it, whatever it is. Yeah, All of that can help us detach ourselves a little bit more so that we don't mix up those very strong emotions which, with the actual situation. Yeah. In the end, all of that can inspire you to focus on what you can do moving forward instead of what's already happened. But a big question is, how to engage in meaningful dialogue, right? And that's one of my favorite topics. Direct communication is a secret weapon for conflict resolution. Might not sound this way, but it actually is. It pushes past misunderstandings and actually advocates for transparency. Yet often as leaders, we are tasked not just to instruct, but to engage. So how can we engage others in dialogue that truly fosters trust, safety, and openness? How can you cultivate an environment where others feel safe enough to share their perspective with the same level of honesty, directness, and transparency? Because it's a two-way street. It's not just us doing it. We hopefully will get it from others as well. That's what I would hope for, right? One of the most powerful tools of empathy is active listening. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you, if not all of you, have heard of active listening before. I know a lot of you work in a space where active listening is needed. It's a part uh, and the core of your role. But some of you may not uh, quite know what it entails. This isn't just listening or waiting for your turn to speak, right? When we sit in meetings and we are literally distracted by our own thoughts and pressure to finally get a word in. No, it's not that. It's taking the time to fully understand others, to be 100% present while they share their thoughts, feelings, ideas. It is about hearing what the person says. It is about hearing what they don't say, i.e. we feel it. We have an intuition. We might hear it in a tone of voice, in a nonverbal communication, perhaps as well. It's encouraging them to open up, validating their beliefs and showing that you are listening. And again, do it in your own very authentic way. All of this means giving your entire focus to whoever is talking with zero judgment. That's a tough one. We do judge. We are human. We form opinions. However, I often say, if you... Listen, fully actively, and you're so focused on being present, there is not much headspace to deal with your inner judgment and inner chatter. It's listening not only to their words, but to their body language as well. And once again, it's showing that you're listening by nodding, leaning forward, making eye contact. It's always paying attention and only interrupting uh, when you believe it could be really useful for the person to get back on track perhaps, to throw in an additional question, 
but it is a tricky one, interruptions. I wouldn't do it too often, but I'm not someone who says never interrupt because there are moments when it is really useful and actually helps to thought process and reflection. If you do so, do it in the most reflective way. I often say in my coaching sessions, I'm really sorry, but I've got to interrupt you for a moment. Yeah, because at the beginning you said this and you wanted to achieve A, B and C. Currently, we're going in a completely different direction. I'm just wondering, where are we going? Where do you want to go? Which topic becomes currently more prevalent for you? So that's just an example how I would interrupt. Active listening is also about paraphrasing what they said back to them to ensure you're actually understood. Yeah, or ensure you actually understood what they were trying to say about it. Yeah. And as I said, by paraphrasing, by mirroring back, often we give the person the opportunity to build more clarity about um, everything they have shared before as well. And thanks to your inspiring directness, it's being authentic in your response. Yeah, you have sought out as much information and perspective as possible. And when it's finally time to share your thoughts, you're open, honest, and transparent in your perspective. However, you have already, through this active listening skill, through empathy, you have built a fundamental rapport with the other person that allows you now to be more direct in the most caring way. This is how you build trust. Not by being the smartest or loudest person in the room, no, but by creating space for others. You empower them to feel safe in their authentic and real perspectives. Create a space where everyone can be honest and you truly redefine what it means to be a leader of power and warmth, of directness and empathy. Ah, now I've shared a lot with you and I appreciate it, but let me give you a brief summary of everything that I have shared in these individual solo episodes that focused highly on direct communication. And I want to read out a quote first of all. As you lead the way with directness and empathy, you can not only stand out as a leader, but you can path the way forward. And some of the key points that I've shared were the following. Number one, Direct communication means expressing oneself honestly, directly, and without ambiguity. It empowers clarity and efficiency in communication. It builds trust. It solves problems. It bolsters confidence, embraces self-care, and propels your leadership capabilities. Key point number two. As we challenge the status quo, we face challenges. As we push forward, others may indeed push back. I always say challenge accepted. Continue to dare to be bold. Know your strengths. Aiming for honesty, not hostility, please. Aim for revolution, not for rebellion. Be curious, not defensive. The more you breathe and live into your strengths, the more confidence and self-belief you will gain, and it will make it feel so much easier to be more direct in your communication, I promise you. Number three, use your unique communication style to balance power with warmth. See community with your fellow colleagues in the workplace, not competition. Okay, there is always someone you can learn from, even if you don't gel from a personality perspective. There's still something you can be curious about and you can learn from them. 
Number four, the better you understand yourself, the better you can believe in yourself. Confident communication is self-aware communication. So prepare yourself and your audience. Remain calm, centered, and confident during challenging conversations. Responding instead of reacting and separating the people from the problem. The amount of times I had to say to somebody, I'm really disappointed. I'm very sorry that I have to let you know that your role has been made redundant. And I can say that openly, I can say it clearly, but I can still be very friendly and warm. And most importantly, I focus strongly on the ability then to listen. And last but not least, agree to disagree from time to time. That's important too. Find common ground. Seek a balance of directness and empathy that builds and strengthens trust, transparency, and openness. Actively listen, seeking to understand before making a judgment. Conflict is emotionally charged. Manage these emotions to make space for empathy and use your directness to unearth the root of the issue. And by the way, there have been conflict situations where I said in a moment, I feel pretty much emotionally charged at the moment and I struggle to manage those emotions. And I asked for a timeout. And I actually was quite proud of myself that I have been vulnerable, but also I found a mechanism that helped me regulate these emotions in a moment. And the other person had then the chance to say, I feel the same. Don't know where it is all coming from, but I, I feel quite angry or frustrated or impatient right now. And I said, so maybe we need a few minutes just to kind of step back from that situation so that we can bring in a new level of openness when we continue to chat. And it was the case. Did we right away agree on everything? No, but did, did we felt kind of, how can I explain, more balanced, calmer, more composed in this moment. And I don't want to obviously um, reject the fact that sometimes a good argument is very healthy too, where we simply let out these emotions. They obviously bring a few more risks to the relationship in particular in the workplace. So always pick and choose who you might want to do that with, um, how you may want to have it and how you go about it. So I try to avoid it as much as possible in the work environment. And, and gladly, I didn't really have a situation where it came to that point. Yeah. So communicating with clarity, purpose, passion, and honesty will enable you to serve others in a profound way. And that is something I would like to leave you with. Test it for yourself. Play with all of these techniques and strategies that I've shared with you. Let me know how it went and what successes you could book into your bank and perhaps where you still may have challenges and get in touch any time. Okay, if you need any support or you say, I want to focus a little bit more on that topic because we are experiencing quite a few challenging situations where I would love to be more direct, but I really struggle to get to that point. Well, I'm your woman. Get in touch. My email address is cmc at kathleenmarklecoaching.com. That's the best way to uh, get in contact. And please don't hesitate at all. Until then, I'm wishing you a wonderful Christmas, a very, very happy new year for the people dialing in from Asia, for example. Happy Chinese New Year as well. And I hope 
you are all coming back very relaxed, chilled out, and having embraced a wonderful time with your loved ones. Take good care of yourselves and speak to you very soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Legendary Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then remember to subscribe to the show either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com. I would also love to hear from you to discover what topics you'd like to hear more about, what topics really resonated with you, and how you're enjoying the show in general. Perhaps you have some ideas for additional topics or 